You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel. Father, on bended knees with hearts and hands we raise to you this beautiful morning. We give you praise and thanks that is due your holy name. Like Sarah of old, we judge you faithful. We decree and declare that you have done all things well in our lives and left nothing undone. Our minds survey from the first day of this year to today and all we see is your goodness, your mercies, your loving kindness. We gather deliberately this beautiful day to intentionally return back like the one leper of old who came back to say thank you to Jesus. Thank you for your many mighty deeds. We know that each time we thank you, it is by extension and application for more. As our thanks rise to you today, pour out torrents of blessings over these your people and over this greenhouse. As always, we vow to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name, we have worship. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. The Bible makes us understand in Mark 4. Do you want to note this down? Mark 4. Verses 35 to 41. Mark 4, 35 to 41. This is for your, for your latest study. It came a day that Jesus had sent away the crowd and he asked the disciples to get into the boat to go to the other side. And he so happened to have been in the boat with the disciples. In between the departure and the prophesied destination, a storm erupted whilst they were in the boat. And the disciples became very worried, very agitated. And they woke up Jesus and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Bible says, and Jesus rose up from sleep and he spoke to the storm, peace, be still, and there was a great calm. At the rising of Jesus on their behalf and at the declaration of his word, they moved from a great storm to a great peace. Trap them. Saints, whenever God gives you a prophetic word, it is that word that the enemy is intimidated of. He's scared of the fulfillment and the manifestation of the prophetic word. Are you here? But when God speaks to you, 
There is enough power in that word to bring it to pass. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing scares the enemy than to hear what God said he would do in your life. Whilst we come gradually to the mid-year 2022, I would like to imagine that there are words you receive from the throne of grace. Words of prophecy, either spoken to you in your prayer, spoken to you through the mouth of your preacher, or spoken to you in the time of study. Certain words you receive from the Lord. Saints, I will also say to you that if you're facing any storm, is on the account of the word God spoke to you. Hallelujah. But there is enough power in the word he spoke to you to take you to the other side. Logic, we are going to the other side. No storm is able to delay, hinder, curtail, whittle what the Lord spoke over your life. Shout a big amen. amen. Shout a big amen. amen. Now rise on your feet. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Let's read together in NLT. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. One more time again. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. For an assignment, joy overflows. Joy overflows. Our Father, we thank you for the spirit of joy. I pray that this hour as we teach in the brevity of the moment, you release a definite oil of gladness and all of joy upon our lives. The same that will strengthen us with a resolve to go through the seasons of life to bring us to the destination you've spoken over our lives. I beseech you again, my Father, to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven. Anoint the lips and the tongues of clear of this seven son of yours that today I will come to your people with a word. And thus said the Lord, move every man, woman, boy, girl under the sound of my voice from where we are to where you reserve for us called destiny. We vow us always to return the praise, the glory, the honor back unto you. In Jesus' wondrous name we have prayed. Somebody shout out the amen. amen. Saints, very recently I was drawn to begin to consider again the amazing power, miracle, and mystery of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a miracle. It's a mystery. There is a power of thanksgiving. I find that in the course of life, of doing life, it is easy if care is not taken, caution is not taken, for us to gradually begin to forget the many things that God is doing in our lives, and if care is not taken, we'll begin in turn to take the mighty deeds of God in our lives for granted. It takes a level of intentionality 
a level of purposefulness to challenge yourself to remember that God continues to be good to you as one of his sons and daughters. The songwriter says that we are to count our blessings, we're to name them one by one, then it will surprise you pleasantly what the Lord has done. Somebody once said, until you can think, you will struggle to be able to thank. Until you can jar your mind to think, you will struggle to be able to thank. And if you're going to live on the lane, on the alley, on the avenue of thanksgiving, you must be conscious and deliberate to always pause and ponder. When you read the entirety of the Psalms, from time to time you hear this word called Silah. Simply means pause and ponder, pause and think. And saints as believers, in the busyness of life, in the activity of life, our dreams, our visions, our goal to be this, to achieve, to attain, we ought to, from time to time to pause and ponder and see how much God has helped us and how good God has been to us. Bible declares in Psalm 103, 1 to 5, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hear this. And forget not all his benefits. There are benefits of redemption. There are benefits of salvation. It is easy to forget them. But the psalmist says, we are to remember, we are not to forget them. To remember means not to forget. And it begins to itemize these various blessings and benefits of redemption. It's not exhaustive. It's not conclusive. But it's a great deal for you to thank God for. It says what? He forgives all my iniquities. That's a thanksgiving point. That God forgives not some of your iniquities, but all of your iniquities. Praise God. On account of the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ, you are able to come boldly, not timidly, not cowardly, before the throne of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace and help in the time of need. Because he forgives you all of your iniquities. Not just that, he goes on to heal you of all your diseases. Somebody say all. All of your diseases. Hallelujah. All means the seemingly small ones, the seemingly big ones, all is all. Saints, no matter what kind of challenge you're going through in your health right now, irrespective of the weight of the diagnosis of the doctor, the medical practitioner, God says, hey, I am able, not just that, I have healed you of all of your diseases. Praise God. He continues, he says, he redeems our life from destruction. Whatever will bring any kind of destruction your way. He says, hey, I'm your redeemer. I'm the one who bought you from destruction. The word redeem means to buy back. And how he bought you back is with his blood. How he bought you back is with a full price. Bible declares that we are bought with a price. So therefore, we're to glorify God with our bodies and with our spirits. What kind of body glorifies God is a sound body, is a well body, is a whole body. In the gospel, 
People glorified God when they saw Jesus healing people. It says, and they glorified God. People, people, people praised God when they saw the master heal. So healing brings about glory to God's, to God's name. Praise God. Sickness doesn't bring in glory. But when you receive his healing, it's a point of testimony. It's a point of bringing up of the glory. If anybody is laboring under any kind of disease and infirmity this Sunday morning, I pray as the word of life is going forth now, you receive your healing where you are in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said a big amen. He crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. One of the blessings of walking with God in redemption said, he said, at old age, you shall still be fruitful. Hello, somebody. At old age, your mind will be sound. Your, your back will be straight and upright. Uh, your cells, your tissues, your organs function accurately. Why? It is part of the blessings of redemption. He's not out to just give you longevity of life only, but longevity of life, but quality of life. Somebody shout a big amen. Shout a big amen. amen. Dearly beloved, the consequence of not pausing to ponder, of not considering the Lord's goodness in our lives, is the tendency to begin to murmur and to complain. Yeah. Judge Mayer said, those who murmur or those who complain remain. Those who backbite, they stay at the back. So complainers remain, murmurers remain. So if ever you find yourself murmuring, complaining, it shows you've opened a room for the enemy to bring something away that can hinder you from advancing to fulfill the purpose that God has. We have to fight murmuring and complaining. We're told in 1 Corinthians 10 that the things written in the Old Testament were written for our example. So that we who of the Latter-day Saints will learn from the example. Hear this. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 10 says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. So murmuring will cause one to be destroyed. Now all these things happened unto them for our examples. That's KGV now. Example and sample. Our examples. And they are written for our admonition or our encouragement. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Saints, it's only those who can think that can thank. And I pray today that somebody under the sound of my voice will begin to count January, February, March, April, and May. See what the Lord has done. You see, we ought to thank the Lord not just for the things we know he's done for us. There are many things in the realm of the spirit you can't possibly fathom or articulate he's done for you. But you know what? You know what? We ought to thank God also for the things that he hasn't allowed to be done for us or against us. In other words, he kept certain things from happening to you. That's mercy. That's mercy. He made things happen by grace, but his mercy kept certain things you were deserving of from happening to you. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for grace. 
Hallelujah. Our God is a good God. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is a loving God. Our God is a merciful God. He's a liberal giver. He's a cheerful giver. He's, he's a God who gives on the mode of the over and beyond. Ephesians 3.20 describes the nature of our God in some dimensions. It says, bless me our God who is able to do exceeding abundantly. Look at those words. Above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Exceeding, abundant, above. Then the all. There's already all, but it, it caps all of that. Exceeding, abundant, above all that we can ask. That's your God. He's a liberal God. And this Sunday morning, the last Sunday of the month of May, saints will come back to him like the one leper to deliberately give him thanks for all his rot in our lives and the things we can do in our Remember, Thanksgiving has always been, will always be the application for more. As we go into a Thanksgiving mode, dancing, celebrating, rejoicing, guess what? The heavens are opening wider over our lives. His hands are being opened to pour more over you in the remaining seven or so months of the year in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shout a big amen. Recently, the Lord began to challenge me on this mode of Thanksgiving to really begin to itemize the seemingly small things and the big things that he is doing in my life. You know what? When you begin to thank God, something happens. Many things happen, but number one, you move your focus from your situation to him. Yeah. You move your focus from the problem to him. But also, you move the focus from self to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Automatically, your gaze moves from what you're going through or what you, who you are, what, whatever it is, to him. And you see, what you look at magnifies. So when you begin to thank him, he magnifies in your heart. God can never be bigger than he is already. No, he's the almighty God. But God can be magnified in your heart. That means your perspective, your view, your image of God can increase by how you see him. Praise God. And as you thank him, his image within you enlarges. You see that he's a God of all possibility. With him, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah to Jesus. Jeremiah 13, 19. A scripture we love in this house. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them. And they shall not be few. This is the result and the consequence of those who thank and praise him. And I will also glorify them. And they shall not be small. So Thanksgiving and praise is a yeast that multiplies your dough. Like the yeast you put in your, 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 your dough to bake the bread, the cake, all of that. It is small as it is, but once that is mixed with all of that and is put in, in, in the oven, it begins to enlarge and grow. What is it? It's the yeast effect. So what you sprinkle with the yeast of praise will enlarge. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What you add thanks to will increase. So, so when we pray, pray thus. It says, we're to ask, the Philippians 4 verse 6 says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. It says, be careful for nothing, but with supplication and thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So that thanksgiving is the yeast that amplifies your prayer. That's where I'm going now. So thanksgiving is an additive 
to anything you do, to your giving, to your praying, to your fasting, to whatever it is that causes you to expand and to increase. Thanksgiving is a yeast, is a multiplier. Our text points to us three things we're to do constantly. It says, always be joyful. It's one thing to be joyful every now and then. It's another to be always joyful. And God said, you and I are expected to be always joyful. Number two says, never stop praying. Never stop praying. When you pray without season. Luke 18.1. It says, men ought to pray always without season so they will not faint. So the recipe or the answer or the cure for a life of fainting is a life of ceaseless prayer. And God has been so kind and gracious to us in this house, has created various platforms of prayer. These are opportunities to increase your own personal prayer life, to pray always. And one way to pray always is to learn to engage praying in the spirit. So we're to pray always. The third thing we're to do always is to give God thanks. It says, be thankful in all the circumstances. Always joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Apostle Paul was addicted to three of these. He was a man of prayer. Constantly, you read, you read from his epistle that he, he prayed without season for the church that he was, he was sent to raise and to pastor. Since I heard of you, I'm not ceased to give thanks concerning you. Such statements. Pray without season. He was a man of thanksgiving. Constantly, he gave thanks. Right where he was in jail, he wrote to the church in Philippi, Philippians 4 verse 4, says, Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. A man who is in prison is here encouraging those who are out liberated to maintain a mood of rejoicing and thanksgiving. It's amazing. But he will ask them to rejoice even when he is incarcerated. Paul and Silas at midnight hour, Acts 16, 25, trapped in jail, chains in their hands and their feet. They began to lift their voice in both prayer and in praise at the midnight hour. And the Bible says, as they praised God, there was a mighty earthquake so that the chains were broken and the gates were flung open and they were liberated at the instance of prayer and praise. Paul was a man of prayer. Paul was a man of praise. And Paul was a man of great joy. In spite of the various things he went through as an apostle, he maintained joy. Joy, beloved, is a very important ingredient an important accompaniment in the journey of life as a believer. If you're going to thrive, not just survive, we need to learn how to not only get his joy, maintain his joy, and to walk in his joy. The Bible declares in Romans 14, 17, and the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, not flesh and blood, but it is righteousness, it is peace and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom is found in the Holy Ghost. And what does the kingdom consist? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when you see these three things, the kingdom of God is made manifest. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
The joy of the Lord, not your joy. The joy of the Lord is a source for strength. And I tell you, in this journey of life, you need strength to endure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Through the, the, the activities of everyday life, you are likely to exert energy in living life. But there is a mode and a way and a fashion God replaces our energy. It is through infusing our heart with joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Then he said unto them, Go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. And send the portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Hear this. For this day is holy, Roger, unto our Lord. Neither be sorry for the joy of the Lord is what? Oh, come on, come on, come on. Whose joy? Not your joy. The joy of the Lord is whose strength? Your, come on, your strength. So his joy gives you strength. Hallelujah. More joy, more strength. Less joy, less strength. So we must look out for how we can increase the joy quotient in lives to maintain strength. Bible says in Proverbs 4.10, if you faint in the day of adversity, it is proof that your strength is small. There is a day of testing. There is a day of adversity. And if you faint in that day, it's just an indication your strength is small. But there is a way to increase your strength. How? The joy of the Lord. May that joy be infused into somebody's heart today. May whatever has leaked out your joy, all those cracks that come to leak out your joy, may those cracks be blocked today. And as, and as, and as your joy tank is being filled, may you also in turn receive the strength of the Lord. In that strength there is healing. In that strength there is deliverance. In that strength there is lifting. In the strength of the Lord there is, there are breakthroughs in the strength of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my Joy is medicinal. Joy has medicinal properties. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart or a joyful heart, it does good like a medicine. Joy produces a medicinal effect to our bodies, our minds, our soul, spirit. Joy. So, but a broken spirit drives the bones. Drives the bones. But if you can find how to capture this joy concept and we multiply it, guess what? We're strengthened, but also we walk and maintain health and well-being. A merry heart does well like medicine. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. 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 Why joy? Why joy? Number one, it is a commandment for you and I to be joyful. Philippians 4, verse number 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. That is no advice, no recommendation, no suggestion. It's a commandment to rejoice. So why joy is a commandment to be joyful? Number two, Joy, as we learned moments ago now, is a veritable sure source of strength to us. Why rejoice? Why joy? It guarantees us a supply of strength. 
We need that strength. There are many ways we get strength. One is to walk in joy. The other is to wait upon the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They will first of all run, not weary. Then they will walk and they will not faint. So waiting upon the Lord is one way of renewing your strength. But also walking in joy accesses the strength of the Lord. And you need that strength. Number three, why joy? Why rejoice? Because joy gives us access to the deep mysteries and secrets of God. Isaiah 12, 3, right now, says, Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. With joy shall you draw what? Water out of the wells of salvation. It's called not the well of salvation, but the wells of salvation. Hello, somebody? Yeah. In that well are multiple streams of ministry to you. Salvation for your health or in your health, your finances, your marital destiny. They're all aspects of salvation. And it says, if you found joy, my God, you can take joy to the scriptures and with joy, you draw from the wells of salvation. So your joy is an access point to revelation. Praise God. If we're struggling to see, to understand, let's look at the joy factor. Where is my joy level? Because once joy is there, there will be access to draw from the wells of salvation. Shout hallelujah. Praise God. Bible declares in Psalm 42 verse 7 says, Deep calls unto deep at the noise of the water spout. So there are always depths in God we can draw into and draw from. And the access, the bucket, the, the, the bucket and the rope we used to draw is joy. 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 Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Number four, why do we rejoice? Because we are born again believers. And on account of being born again believers, we have hope of eternal salvation. The Bible in 1 Peter 1, 7 to 9 says that the trial of your faith, somebody's faith may be standing trial today, but we're guaranteed that when it's tried, it will come forth as gold that perisheth not. Hallelujah. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ. Verse number eight. Whom having not seen, all right, haven't seen him. Whom having not seen, you love, in whom though now you see him not, right, yet believe in, Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. We know we're born again. We know we're redeemed. We know it's coming back again for us. We haven't seen him. But that salvation we have received gives us a reason to rejoice. And that kind of joy is called joy unspeakable, full of glory. Because we're born again. Praise the Lord somebody. Hallelujah. Why joy? 
Joy is a trigger that brings about fruitfulness. In Psalm 126, I think it's verse 5, there about, it says, we, 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 we sow in tears, but we reap, not with joy, we reap in joy. Hello, somebody? We reap in joy. So when we are in joy, we get our harvest. Praise God. Praise God. Why? Your praise is a sickle of harvest. Let the people praise God. Let the people praise God. Then will the earth yield her increase. So your joy, your praise will cause your harvest to rise. You've sown, you've given, you've prayed, you've fasted. But guess what? If you want the harvest, hey, joy. We repeat joy. That's why the enemy is after somebody's joy. He's a thief. John 10.10. 10. He comes with a threefold mandate to steal, to kill, to destroy. He steals faith. He steals peace. But guess what? He also wants to steal your joy. Praise God. And joy, beloved, is not the same thing as happiness. You can be joyful and not necessarily be happy. Praise God. Because happiness is determined by the happenings around you. When things look right, as far as you know what is right, they look pleasurable, look pleasant. But guess what? As a child of God, you can be joyful when things around don't seem to be working. That's why Paul spoke from the prison and said to those who are liberated, hey, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. He was rejoicing in prison. Praise God. So there is a dimension of joy that rises above your circumstance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 54. Very interesting scripture. 1 to 2. Joy the trigger of fruitfulness. Sing, O barren. Why should the barren sing, Bishop? Should be complaining. But he says, You're barren? Don't complain. Sing. <laughs> it's not working. It's a delay. Come on, come on, come on, Chuck. Sing. It looks like things are slowing down. What? You have forgotten by someone who should remember you? In other words, things don't look right. It's a barren woman here. And barrenness, oh yeah, kakabama, is not limited to a woman who is said to be barren. You can be financially barren. You can be maritally barren. You can be economically barren. You can be academically barren. In other words, barrenness simply speaks of things that are not working as they ought to work. And God is saying the answer is not complaining. Sing! We don't sing because it's working only. We sing to make it work. I know you can praise because it's working. The bills are paid. You're being promoted. Everybody's clapping for you. Uh, your income is growing. That's wonderful. I celebrate you. Anybody can do that. But guess what? There comes a point in time when the bills are not paid, you got to sing. When people walk out on you, you got to sing. When your boss gives you the left foot of fellowship, when the doctor says the way your womb is, you may never have a child, you got to sing. At that point in time, you move from faith to trust. Listen. Faith says, I know that God will do it. Trust says, I believe you 
whether you do it or not, you will be my God. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. Guess what? He will direct your path. Saints, I'm giving you a secret to terminate your term in jail. Can't okay, take it. Paul and Silas, the longer you complain, the longer the jail will be shut against you. But if you decide that your God is faithful, it wasn't God that put you there. It's God that is about to bring you out. Don't sing because you're there. Sing for God to bring you out. Somebody said, I will sing. So what for somebody? He gave you a word. Revive to revive. And the storm broke out in between. Guess what? Sing. Don't panic. I will sing. Have you watched TV? All those black and white teams of those days, you know, when, when the thing begins just to flicker, and, and then they say, don't panic. It's just a test. I came with a word. Don't panic, Roger. It's just a test. Don't panic. It's just, and what to do in the testing season is to sing. Judge him faithful. Judge him faithful. Remember where he brought you from. From cradle to where you are. The battles God fought for you. The near death instance you've come out from. Then you forget. Listen, David, you faced Goliath and you forgot there was once upon a time the same Jehovah helped you to bring down what? The lion and what? And the bear. It was God, not you. It wasn't your strength. You're still the same young boy, David. But God helped you to bring down Goliath, bring down the bear, bring down the lion. Now you face a new kind of trouble. You're wondering what's going on? What's going on? What? Guess what? What's going on is you got to sing. I define praise as P-raise. The power for raise. Saints, it comes a point in time that things in your life may not look the way you want them to look. But I tell you, those are moments of your growth in the Lord. I call them hibernation moments. When the tree is not flourishing, not blossoming, but guess what? Your God knows how far he's taking you. And because of that, there is a pause so your root can go deeper. He wants to know whether you can stand to be blessed. Can you stand to be blessed? Can you stand to take the glory of the Lord? The glory of the Lord is not fickle. No, sir. No, sir. It's weighty. It's called kavod. Weighty. And if you and I are going to carry the glory of the Lord, carry the fire of revival to nations, then you must be able to learn how to sing in your testing moments. And I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. Oh, I know you're in that area of flourishing. That's okay. Okay. Archive this sermon. Someday in the future, you play back. Play back. Play back. Rejoice! Again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. Single baron. Oh, boy. Thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. That, that did not travail with child. Hear this. For more 
and the children of the desolate and the children of the married wife, said the Lord. Hey, have a word for somebody. Enlarge the place of thy tent. I didn't hear amen. Ah, and let them stretch forth the curtains of their habitations. Spare not, Rajik, for what is coming your way is heavy. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. Why? There's coming a pressing down, shaken together, running over harvest. Hiya, yeah, 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 yeah. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords. Strengthen thy stakes. Hallelujah. Why should I rejoice? Joel 1.12 Because it preserves the blessings. Have you been blessed? You want them to be preserved? Maintain joy and rejoice. Ah. The vine is dried up and the fig tree languisheth the pomegranate tree and the palm tree also and the apple tree even all the trees of the field are withered. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because joy is withered away from the sons of men. When joy withers in the heart, things around begin to wither. So to maintain flourishing, a greenness, a lushness to things around you, joy, joy. I close with Habakkuk 3.17. You know why in a minute. Because we'll rise up to praise him. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Let's read that together. Oh boy. Sing. Shall we together as a family read this? One, two, three, go. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, nor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. Oh dear. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. My God, I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon my high places. Shout hallelujah. Rise on your feet. Rise on your feet. Can you for one moment ask the Lord to forgive you? If there be any area at all you murmured or complained, especially in this year, Lord, forgive me. Lord, let's start there. Let's, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Any area of murmured or complained, forgive me. Forgive me. Oh, now I see to be the doer of every good thing in my life. No good thing will you withhold from them that walk uprightly. Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, gratitude rises up today on account of this insight and teaching. Lord, I receive grace to thank you both in season and out of season. Pray that prayer point. I receive grace to be joyful both in season and out of season. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Church, I want to hear a praying church, not a whispering church. Let's pray. I receive grace to rejoice, to thank you in season and out of season. Yes, yes. Yet I will rejoice. No meat, no fear. Yet I will rejoice. Grace. 
Now finally, ask the Lord to clothe you with the garment of praise. Oh, the garment of praise. The garment of praise. The garment of praise. He will give beautiful ashes. The oil of gladness from the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise. Lord, oh my God, as a family law, ah, clothe us with the garment of praise. That will look beyond what we may be feeling and experiencing and engage the joy mode. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The rejoicing mode. Let the heavens open. All release unto us. The harvest due us. Ah, makata paragabulu yesigataya. Father, thank you. Just before we go into a session of vibrant praise, if you're here not born again, and you're saying, man of God, pray with me, wherever you are, just shoot your right hand in the skies. I want to agree with you quickly in prayer. Your right hand wherever you are, say, pray with me, pray for me, pray with me, pray for me, wherever you are. If that hand is up, put your left hand on your chest. Let's pray together quickly, quickly. Heavenly Father, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I open the door of my heart as I invite you, Jesus. Lamb of glory, forgive me all of my sins. I turn my life completely into your hands. I believe with my heart that Jesus Christ died and rose for me. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I am blood washed, blood bought, child of the living God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we'll cover these ones with the blood of the Lamb. Keep, preserve, protect them to your coming in the name of the Lord. Thank you for the government of praise in Jesus' name. We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.